Energy. Energy, energy, energy. Did you just say Rochelle Obama? Michelle. Michelle. Okay, because I thought you said Rochelle Obama. I know I have a thick accent. <laughs> What's your name? Sarah. <laughs> These people are calling me Mustang. Because everyone says to me, <laughs> Do people call you Mustang? <laughs> and I'm like, not twice. <laughs> <laughs> I use my fake name. <laughs> What's your fake name? Sally. Uh. <laughs> hey, Sarah. Hey, Sally. You know what I haven't done for a while? Ugh. Welcome to Absolutely. Done that pretty much the whole season, I don't think. Oh, thank God. We've got our new microphone set up tonight. Oh, and there's a big storm happening outside. Ooh. Oh my God, the end is near. <laughs> you should be so lucky. Um, oh God, I don't want to end it with you. <laughs> again, you should be so lucky. Oh, please. Um, we've got a good episode. Given the shit show that Australia was just in this week with Only the lib spill. Um, been a good six, seven years of it. Yeah, and uh, not becoming the next PM, thank well, God. Let's all have a round oh. of applause. <laughs> Just rejoice. Ugh. Jesus, that was close. I know. Can you imagine? Ugh. Awful, awful man. I'm really sad that um, Julie Bishop didn't get it, though. I think that she would have been pretty good. Yeah, but I guess she didn't probably have the support there. No, there's – I think I told you there's some – leaked whatsapp stuff that i need to show you but i have not done that yet yeah so uh what i would have said is start the show and <laughs> not to talk to me about it so <laughs> you bring it up and i don't know what the hell you're talking about but anyway we're talking to i spoke to um terry butler mp um what's her electorate fifth what? who was the former member kevin rudd <laughs> i know things what suburbs are included i don't know what am I? I'm like an encyclopedia. <laughs> anyway, I went and spoke to Terry Butler, and I really like Terry Butler because she's—I think she's very funny. I think she's very personable. Um, I think that she's charismatic. She's very charismatic. I think she's Sally very, has constantly described her as charismatic. I think she's very charismatic. Um, because Sally once met her at a Christmas party, and she thought she was quite charismatic. It wasn't a Christmas party; it was just a party. Oh, oh, sorry. Just a gathering of ladies, and. Um, <laughs> Gathering of labour ladies. No, through a mutual friend. And she was very charismatic. And I think she is charismatic. I think she's the kind of person that can make you feel you're the most important person in the room while she's talking to you. And I think that's a really good skill. When it's just you in the room, I'm sure if she couldn't have done that, (laughs) she wasn't doing a very good job. (laughs) Anyway, I talked to her this week um, because I think she's a fairly reasonable person. um, And she proves that, I think, in this interview. Um, She's very funny. We talk about um, the marriage equality survey. We talk about getting involved in politics. Yeah. You even said that after you heard this interview that you were. I could share my own thoughts um, and not have them yelled at me. But, um... <laughs> Please go. I'm sorry. I. Yeah. This is a podcast where we have a conversation. <laughs> so either I can't get a word in edgewise or I'm yelled at what I've said before. <laughs> Please share your thoughts, Sarah. You've ruined it. <laughs> no, no I-, I thought it was quite an interesting thing. And obviously she was saying it in a general sense and that's what I appreciated about it. It's about getting in politics that you're interested in getting involved in. Yeah, just getting involved. Don't sit there and say, oh, they're so stupid. Get involved. Yeah. I mean, I've spent the whole week sitting here think- saying and thinking, oh, that's so stupid. So I might as well get involved. And how did you get involved? Oh, that's right, you haven't yet. So obviously Terry's <laughs> like, really like, oh, no, inspired <laughs> you to get involved. Um, I have a very busy life and I'm not going to be judged for that. Um, I have a very busy life. Say it a third time. 
I'm really busy lady. But anyway, I, I just think what a shit show this week was and I think that it'll be good to have this interview out this week, which I didn't plan on this. No, it's, it's, it's quite perfect timing. It's perfect timing. Um, yeah, what a shit show. I actually read somewhere today um, about Ellie Rugg wrote a tweet actually. I'm sorry. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> I get messages. Mobile's off in the studio. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Um no, Sally Rugg wrote a, a tweet today, which I thought was really interesting, um, about Scott Morrison, and she said, <clears throat> what up for bills to legalise discrimination against LGBTIQ people in public and commercial settings? I'm certain they'll come soon. Now, is this something that can happen or? Well, if it's passed in the law, sure. Think he's going to want to try and do something like that? I don't know, but we've had this conversation before, and it's not like this is coming out of the woodwork just because he's prime minister. There was an inquiry. It was by Philip Ruddock, I think, wasn't it? Oh, you're talking about we talk about the religious freedom stuff in um, my interview with Terry. Actually, <clears throat> that's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and it was Philip Ruddock. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So that report has been done and had been tabled to the office of the prime minister a month. Oh, it was, uh, it was ages ago. ago. Like, yeah, they've been sitting on it's it. It's been a while. So it's just going to – it's just time-wise. But the simple fact is it's still the Liberal Party, whether it's under Malcolm Turnbull or mm. whether it's under Scott Morrison or Peter Dutton. The beast is still the same. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Won't it? Where conservatives are trying to have more influence. Yeah. yeah. And that's all this leadership was about. I mean – as soon as the second one was done and Turnbull was out and Morrison was in, it was fine for Dutton. It was just so specific he didn't want Malcolm Turnbull to be leader oh, I think anymore. it was pretty pissy that um, Scott Morrison got in. There was a great meme. Did you see that meme where no. it was like Dutton in the background with a look of fucking, well, his look on his face. It's like when you do all the work in a group assignment and yeah. someone else takes the credit. Scott Morrison's like smiling and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Yep. Look, you, you turned another, what was it, three people, so you just couldn't get there, buddy. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, buddy. Nobody wants you. Although um, the gauntlet is thrown down to about a 1,000 people in the electorate of Dixon. <laughs> and I know that we have international listeners, so they're probably thinking what the hell is going on. But, yeah, it's kind of um, we've had a bit of a liberal spill here this week, liberal leadership spill and it was just absolutely the most ridiculous thing that you've ever seen in your life just a bunch of grown men um having hissy fits mm. essentially and um which was at least with labor it was a bit more woman against man <laughs> yeah i mean when that happened then, it was white man against white man <laughs> this seemed this seemed ridiculous though like it seemed really this is this seemed more bitchy than any of the other ones i've seen I think it was more an element of what I just said. It's somebody who doesn't like where the party has gone moderate. They're conservative, conservative values, traditional values, and just don't like a lot of what's been done. They don't like the inclusion of climate change discussions and things like that. I don't get the climate change deniers. I just don't get that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's probably for another episode. Well, you know... When you're religious, and I am only saying this from things that I've read, um, if God didn't want it to be climate change, he wouldn't have allowed those things to happen. Yeah, that's And a, they are actual things people have said. Mm, yeah, we'll probably explore that in another episode. But we should let people listen to Terry. Um, I loved this chat. It was, it was very fun. I found it very fun, this chat. Um, and I hope that you guys will as well. Okay, so I'm recording. Welcome to my office. Thank you. It's very nice. Um, this used to be Kevin's office. But Kevin Rudd. Yeah. I don't think he, he had much time to be in here because he was the Prime Minister at the time. But, yeah, I, um, I figure he was. It's up. messier now. I don't think he had the pink hard hat like I do. Pink boxing gloves. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're mine. The hard hat's mine too, actually. Yeah. But the pinking, pink boxing gloves, actually, I got from my aunt. They were hers, but then I took up boxing very briefly. Oh, are you still boxing? No, not really. Right. I don't have time. 
slash motivation. I don't know what it is. Motivation would be more. Yeah, but the pink hard hat is from the Women in Male-Dominated Industries conference okay. that the CFMU and the ETU and the Middle Workers and a few of the other unions used to run. Okay. They still do, actually. Do they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good org. And what do you operate on? A, a Dell? Yeah, it's a Dell. It's a parliamentary computer. I just, you know, it's fine. Do you, do you like Macs? Yeah, I have Macs at home. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay, well, now that we've gone through your office. Um, <laughs> So the one of the great pictures I saw of you recently was at Mardi Gras. Oh, Mardi Gras had such Terry a Terry Butler too. living her best life <laughs> at Mardi Gras. <laughs> and you were dancing, I think. Was I wearing a red dress or a silver dress? Oh, if it's a red? red dress, it's this year. If it's silver, it's It was this year because yeah. it got passed around. Um, oh, my God, I love in, that photo. Yeah, it was great. And so it kind of was like, oh, is, is Terry Butler gay? And then so that brought up that conversation. It's like, I don't think Terry Butler's gay. Like, so, yeah, so it's good. So we were just all like, Terry Butler living her best life at Mardi Gras. <laughs> I was living my best life. You were. You were. The picture shows that you were living your best <laughs> life. So I don't know what was going on, but, yeah, you were having a great time. So Mardi Gras, marriage equality. What do you think about marriage equality? I love marriage equality. Um, so I was kind of very ambivalent about marriage per se, the institution. Yep. Um, and then I got married. <laughs> it was one of those things. Yeah. It's it seems to happen, thing. doesn't it? Like, well, you know what, this thing, uh, I, to, I'd actually um, been at a feminist event that night that I got engaged, right? So I was at this feminist event, Children by Choice Management Committee annual mm-hmm. dinner, having this big argument about marriage, right? Some really pro-marriage people, some really anti-marriage people, and I was on the mm-hmm. fence, and I get home, and Troy's got the candles, the guitar. <laughs> and I was the like, guitar? I know, he plays the guitar. Wow. Very well, actually. And so I said, yes. It's very romantic. Yes, we'll get married. And yeah. Then, and so I thought, well, um, you know, I'm still kind of, you know, there's still a lot of there's a lot of issues with marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love being married. I love my husband. Um, so marriage equality for me was like, well, no matter how you feel about marriage, surely you're yeah. against discrimination. So yeah, that makes sense to me. Oppose discrimination yeah. without endorsing the institution of marriage. I think yeah. there's a lot of, um, you know, people have got very strong views about marriage as an institution, about you know, kind of what operates within society, the way it kind of um, forces certain economic structures because people form these quite small family units, mm. you know, a couple of parents, a couple of kids a lot of the time. Now, you know, I, my preference, I actually live with my parents as well as my husband and my really? children. Yeah, and my parents. How's that? It's great. They're in a unit. We're in a, we're in a house. We're on the same block. So we're yeah. not like on top of each other. But for me, that's a better kind of way of living, right, than just yeah. a small little nuclear family because we'll spend a lot of time together. You know, you can have a big family dinner without it being a major deal. My sister yeah. comes over. You know, it's just that's great. nice. Yeah, if you can do it, that's great. Yeah. But on the, on the marriage front, I cared about it because it just really irritated me that there was this ridiculous discrimination. We'd been fighting it for years. Mm. So we had to fight it in the Labor Party um, first yeah. and then we had to fight in the Parliament and, you know, we couldn't even get a vote on um, in the in the 44th Parliament. I mean, I know... Um, People, I think people were rightly pretty cross that Labor didn't get it done in government, but mm. I will say this for Labor, we had a vote. Yeah. The vote didn't get up, but we had a vote. Yeah. Um, we had a private member's bill moved by Stephen Jones, member um, for Throsby, who's now the member for Whitlam, name change, but the Libs wouldn't even let us have a vote mm. last term. Yeah. If we'd had a vote, it would have passed. Is that why they didn't let you have a vote? Because it would have passed? Well, or? Yeah, I think so, because Abbott, yeah. Abbott and the kind of anti-marriage equality forces knew that if there was a free vote on the floor of the House of Representatives, mm. it would get up. Yeah. They knew that. It was very clear to everyone. Yeah. So, and the Libs pride themselves on being the party of the free vote, right? Like, they're the opposite of us. We usually bind as a caucus. Mm. They're, one of their pitches is, you don't, we don't, you know, we don't bind. Everyone's got freedom of conscience. It's not actually how they operate in practice. Mm. You rarely see a Liberal cross the floor. Yeah. Very rarely. Very rarely. Almost never. I think the last one was Petro Giorgio, wasn't it? Um, you would no, know more than me. No, no, long time. <laughs> long time. <laughs> I, I would trust you on that. Yeah, than. I don't know. I think maybe George might have crossed the floor, um, who's a gnat, might have crossed the floor. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm not sure actually about that either. But um, libs don't really tend to do it. So, But if they had a free vote, then it would have passed. Mm. So you remember they had that crazy six-hour um, Yeah party room meeting yeah. which we found amazing like I kept walking past there was this pot of journalists sitting on the little there's like a little ottoman outside of yeah. where the party room is and you'd walk past and you'd be like that's still here are you still here like all these journos sitting there eating red snakes waiting for them to come out of the party room <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really bizarre time wasn't it 
because I then go like, so now we've got marriage equality, but I still feel a bit bitter about it. Yeah, I feel really terrible about yeah. it. Yeah, like because it's not it's not like fun and happy and yeah, it's still tarnished with gays go to hell. We're gonna have dildos in schools, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like my my biggest feeling about it is. I feel very disappointed that we weren't able to stop the postal vote. Yeah. Because we had worked so hard to stop the plebiscite, you know, and all the mainstream media were like, what are you doing? Just have the have the plebiscite. That'll get marriage equality done. And what people were telling me around the country mm. was it would just be incredibly harmful. And, of co- like, of course it was going to be incredibly yeah, harmful absolutely. to have a national vote about whether a minority of the population could have the same rights as a majority. That's not... There's no way yeah. that can't be harmful, even if everyone's really polite about it. You know, even if everyone's like, lovely, you know, it's not that I don't like you, it's just that I don't think you have the same rights as me. Yeah, sinners go to hell um, and you were a sinner. That, you know, that's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can deal with that. Like, because I have a six-year-old daughter who has two mums, clearly, and um, I was really worried about what was going to happen with her. Yeah, Because I thought, I can cop it because I'm like, I don't care what you think. But then, yeah, she's yeah, six. And, and we are worried about what would be said in the schoolyard, what yeah. posters people would have to drive past on the way to school. Well, we had to drive past one. Luckily, she hadn't started reading yet about um, something about it was dog sex and marriage equality oh, is the God. same. And I was like, I think it was in Boondle. And I'm like, what's happening? This is Saturday morning, dog sex and gay marriage. Like, yeah, it was. but I think it was a bit rude than that, so... Just makes me want to throw up, to be honest. Yeah, it does. So, so uh, you felt at the end of the survey relief? Um, no, well, on, so I wasn't sure how I felt because I was on the train when the, the vote thing came down and I read it and I cried on the train and I'm like, this is an odd reaction. And I'm like, I do feel relieved but also, and I don't know what you're like with swearing, but I'm like, fuck everyone for this yeah, shit. Like, this horrible. is bullshit. Um. And I'm like, because my thought, and I think, I don't know if it's just very simplistic, is there is a whole group of people living in Australia who clearly need protection. Why isn't the government just going, all right, what are these protections that you need? Yeah. Why is it up for voting? Like, you know, then they say religious stuff. We're not having plebiscites on divorce. You know what I mean? Like, Although some people wouldn't mind that, to be honest. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. It's interesting. I had a... Um, so the occasional mar- anti-marriage equality person would talk to me and you'd scratch the surface and they also didn't really like no-fault divorce. <laughs> like, all right, okay. okay. Calm down, everyone. Very respective views, but yeah. no, no. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. The Still the biggest feeling I have about the whole thing is this sickness, that we mm. this feeling of just nausea that we couldn't stop that from happening. And I had so many, fr- you know, so many friends um, just feel really hurt and so many people I didn't know yeah um you know and I, I just I remember going to as I said do a lot of meetings around the country and just people talking about the um increased heightened demand for mental health services yeah. particularly from the trans community who I think maybe felt it particularly hard yeah because of the wording of the question mm-hmm. um but you know everyone and everyone who had kids um you know it, it's just kind of a horrible thing and mm. I just I wish that we'd been able to force a vote we tried to we tried everything we could to bring it on for a vote in the in the house but I think it's okay like I mean you think you think about it now and you think like okay so it's done and I even remember on Facebook one of my friends was really outraged by it um and she is straight I keep slapping labels on people um but I was like I was the person that went well it's here we've got to do it like the best thing to do is do it like yeah. And I hate being in that position. No, it was because yeah, I'm like. So I was going out saying to people, vote, 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 yeah. vote. Like participate in this horrible. Pro- this process is horrible. Participate in it. Yeah, and then Malcolm Turnbull's like slapping himself on the back, like oh my God, it's for <laughs> being a hero, bringing marriage equality to the nation. It's like, oh, buddy, I don't know if you realise, but yeah, the thing I also don't understand too about. So you've got an electorate. Yeah. If this electorate says we don't want marriage equality. Does it mean that you then have to go in and say, no, this electorate doesn't want marriage equality? Because I'm thinking about Tony Abbott because his electorate, 70%, wanted it. Mm. He said, no, I'll be voting no. 
And I'm like, aren't you an elected official representing? Um, yeah, look, I think it's a, that's a really difficult question because ultimately there's two schools of thought on that. One is um, if, you are, if you believe in democracy, then you should have basically, you know, the, the kind of direct democracy people who just want to have a public vote on everything. Yeah like a mini-referendum on everything. Yeah. Um, and then there's another school of thought that says we elect people whose job it is then to spend a lot of time thinking about and working with people and dealing with minority rights and looking at kind of um, looking at govern governing as a kind of holistic uh, task and that they need to show leadership and that sometimes means defying public opinion. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think there's good, strong arguments both ways for both of those sets of principles. I think um, sometimes the reason that people delegate their governing to members of federal parliament, members of any parliament, of any governing body, is because they just don't have a lot of time to get into the into the weeds of issues, right? Yeah. And so they, like, nobody wants to have a public vote on the third superannuation bill of the year, right? Or the, yeah. you know, what should the... Um, what should the maritime regulations be? You know, these things, right? Mm. But they, they delegate that to us. They expect us to do all the reading, yep. all the thinking, all the working. But when it's an issue like this that, every, that sorry, not everyone, that a lot of people do have a view on, um, then, I, you know, I think that's that's qualitatively different. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think you also have to say, well, if you, if you elected me, if you send me to Parliament to be your representative, then that implies some... Um, delegation to me of some mm. discretion around what I think is the right thing to do in the interest yeah. of our community. Yeah. And so for me, if a majority of people in Griffith had voted against marriage equality, you know, if it had been 70% against, which it never would have been. Mm. Yeah, no. But if that had happened, I still would have been saying, look, guys, I get that this isn't a popular position, but ultimately we shouldn't be having a popularity contest about human rights. Yeah. And if you send me to Canberra, I'm going to have principles, I'm going to stand up for human rights and, you know, that's okay. fine. I'm going to vote this way. If you don't want to return me at the next election, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's a difficult question, but we had a lot of, not a lot, but we had some Labor MPs who were in that exact position mm. who voted yes, even though their, their electorate's postal survey results had been yeah. not necessarily a yes. See, I think that's great. See, if that had been my, like if I had been sitting in one of those electorates that weren't progressive, I'd have been happy. God, I'm not though. Well, Griffith is. Do you live in Griffith? Nunda. Nunda. Oh, so what's that? Lily, I think. I think so. Is that is Wayne's um, one you member? Yeah, he is. Because yeah. his cars that you. Has he got a Ute? It's like that old It's like that old Ute you see everywhere. You see it like around the butcher and. That's great. Like, yeah, so he's he's round like you can because you can always see that <laughs> that Ute and I'm like oh there he is. Swanmobile. Yeah, Swanmobile. Like yeah. Batmobile, but Swan. Yeah, so he's he's hanging around. Um, but, okay, so marriage equality, and now we've got this religious thing coming. This, what is it, the discrimination the bill? The religious freedom review. So I'm not really sure what's going to come out of that. You know, my, my kind of view on that is there are some protections that we have at a state level for religious freedom that we don't have federally. Yeah. So here in Queensland we've got a protection against vilification on religious grounds. Yeah. So I can't, for example, start driving around in a giant... Um, billboard truck that says all Christians are whatever, you know, I can't vilify um, people on the basis of religion, that that doesn't have the same um, protection at the federal level. Yeah, okay. So I think there's something to be said for having a look at that. Mm. Um, this is two different things in discrimination. Well, one is the right not to be discriminated against, not to be vilified, but then on the other side, which is much more controversial, is the right to discriminate. Yeah. And so there are some existing rights to discriminate that exist in both federal and state anti-discrimination law. Um, I think some of some of the advocates in the kind of um, religious freedoms inquiry will be saying we should extend those rights to discriminate. I'm not interested in extending rights to discriminate mm. against people. I think that that's, I mean, it's just not where we are. That's really crazy. Yeah, it does. Like when you think about it. So yeah, gonna get it does. Off. It's the bakers and florists stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Always, Can you imagine? I actually can't imagine. I can't imagine it either. Except when you think about um, Mel Thornton handcuffing herself to the public bar of the 
uh, Regatta Hotel mm -hmm. in what was that, the 60s, the yeah. 70s in Queensland? That's the sort of discrimination we're talking about, the right to discriminate against someone in serving beer or serving cake or whatever mm. is something that we kind of decided was a terrible idea idea decades ago. Yeah, funny that, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I, I was speaking to Dr Peter Catt recently, um, the... Anglican yeah. priest. And he's great and I, and I really love him and admire him, I guess, because uh, we wanted to get my daughter christened years and years ago, um, not because we're religious, but because everyone else in the family is so we thought, well, she has two mums, so we'll give her something. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were just like, oh, we'll just make her the same as everyone else. Um, and so then we went to the approach to the church that we had gone to as kids and I thought, no, this would be great, it's pretty local. And the guy, the minister said no. He's oh like, I just, God. he goes, I just couldn't do it. And my mum had had done all the talking and she rang me at work and was like, mm, some bad news. And I'm like, yeah, what? And then she's like, he said that he can't do it and he won't do it. And so I got off the phone and I'm like, and you know when you're suddenly like you're a parent and you're like, I'm sorry, like this is the most amazing person who's ever existed, Yeah, has come into the world who I'm saying I want her to be christened here. Like you, you should be so lucky. And I'm like, I was so furious. And so I wrote to the archdiocese and I was like, bleh, bleh, bleh. anyway, Peter Cat was like, come on down to the cathedral and I will christen her and it will be amazing. And, and it was. That's and beautiful. I know. And so that was my real first taste of like, yeah. sorry, lesbian, we're not doing anything for you. Mm. Um, yeah, so we were, I was talking to him the other day about, I've lost my train of thought, Terry. We're talking about discrimination. <laughs> Rights to discriminate. <laughs> um, <laughs> we probably didn't need any more of them. Um, um, it'll come back to me. I'm sorry. No, I'll but to... I think it's um, this. It's very confronting to be excluded from anything. Holy crap! It was like, it, it, and it's the only time I've ever that I've been. Actually, no, I was excluded from a job once um, because he gave me feedback, and I was like, and he said, oh. Well, look at look at you, like look at how you dress. And I was like, I'm sorry, you mean my tie and vest? Like at the time, and I was like, and this amazing haircut and all this kind of stuff. And he was just like, Yeah, but you looked amazing. Yeah, I bet and, you did. Yeah, and he was just like, Sorry, we, this, all of this, we can't have this here. And I'm like, So you can have the lady out there who wears the same dress every day. Like, you're happy for that to happen. But Although that does sound very efficient. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is another lady in the city who wears the same pantsuit. That's great. And it's like a colour that is like so bright that you know it's the same. You know, one. it might be performance art. Maybe it is. Yeah, it might be. Maybe yeah. she's doing a thing. Or maybe it's a statement. Maybe it's a political statement. Maybe it is. I hope it is. I'm all for that. I'm a very big fan. Of yeah, because you would have a kind of job where you could wear the same thing every day. Oh, yeah, but I don't. Like, can you imagine people? People would be like, oh, look at her. Look at those shades. She wore them yesterday. You know, people. Yeah, it, but it would be, you'd have that, that'd be great to be that efficient where people wouldn't just be, like, mean to you. Like, <laughs> why are you wearing that shirt again? Like, <laughs> I hated it last week. Like, does that get to you? What? Like, people making, like, oh, mean people comments? Really, to be honest. No. They don't make mean comments. People are actually largely incredibly beautiful people. Yeah, that's good. It's really nice. Especially, you know, even people who don't like you around here are lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be like that. But uh, <laughs> I do think there's a little bit of pressure to like look good, but you know, put together. But it's not a big deal. Mm, yeah, there's much worse things about this job than having to wear different clothes every well, day. Pity it's not a different interview because we could go into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly great, though. Just saying, it's mostly amazing. Going to Parliament. Yeah. Going to Parliament. Yeah, that would be go cool. Go into Parliament. It's great. Yeah, listeners, I, going to Parliament. It's amazing. I went into the Queensland Parliament. And uh, the one in the city near QT, you probably know it. Um, <laughs> and I was late for something and I had to go in and I ended up going through a door um, that I wasn't meant to go through um, and it was trying to close on me. And I got the shits because I'm like, I'm so late. Yeah, what am I doing? What's going I'm on? I'm like, this is, you know, you need to open door. So I got it open um and then I ended up I was in the 
was like the library, the public <laughs> And I'm like, and because someone had said to me, go up the stairs and go left. So I'm like. They're went, really nice though. Yeah. So then all of these like MPs and stuff yeah. were standing there and one guy goes, are you all right? And I'm like, because I look <laughs> shitty as well. And I'm like, uh, no, I need to be here. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's like way over there. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know where I am. And so he took me. Um, yeah, he took me all the way oh, over to the good. other side of the building because I, yeah, I was in the place that's usually guarded by security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even um, the security guys, lovely. Yeah. Everyone's so, in the parliament. Yeah, but they were really great. So, I, yeah, and he took me to where. It's this weird thing because all you see of parliament on TV is all the screaming at each other and then you go there and everyone's just really nice. What do they, why do they make fun of each other? Um, it's, uh, question time is like the Coliseum, right? Mm. Like you've got the kind of, the audience around the top, which is the journalists and the members of the public looking down at the a floor of the arena where people are doing battle to the death. Yeah. It's kind of a, in some ways a tradition thing, but in a lot of ways it's actually about how it's reported. Yeah. So the journos, if we sit there politely and listen, the journos will write, you know, they look defeated, they've lost all their passion, they're subdued, okay. yeah. they must be having internal division. Um, so there's kind of that pressure, which yeah. is frustrating, but it is what it is. And when I first got there, I was like, what on earth is it? Because I'd never really yelled in my performance job. It wasn't really a yelling <laughs> job, right? And I'm getting there like, oh, you got to yell in this job. But um, the other thing is, you know, when you go to the football and you're sitting behind the goalposts and the other side is trying to kick the yeah, ball through yeah. the goalposts and you all yell at the footballer because mm. you're trying to throw him off his game. Off. Yeah. It's the same. It is kind of like performance art in politics. Yeah, well, question time is. Yeah. Uh, and, it, I mean, it, has, it serves a really important democratic purpose because that's the, the spotlight also puts the pressure on the government of the day to be accountable. And if the spotlight wasn't there, they wouldn't have to be yeah. as accountable. Um, but, you know, it is, the, it is the performance art part of the day. And all the real work gets done outside of question time, you know, Sometimes you make a speech and you put it up on social media and people say, where is everyone? Why aren't they doing their jobs and being in the parliament? But the fact is they're all doing their jobs because outside of that chamber, there are all the committee hearings, all the stakeholder meetings, all the parliamentary events, all the actual desk work talking to people. And so parliamentary days are crazy. Like they just, mm. you know, they you kind of get up there at seven and you leave it. If you're in the house, you leave at 8.30. If, you leave in the, if you're in the Senate, you might leave at midnight. And... Um, you packed the whole time. Like yeah. it's not times where I've started carving out. So you're not out just sitting around looking at Facebook. Oh, God, imagine that. So <laughs> you're kind of like running the whole time. Like I had a, I, I was wearing, a, you know, those step counters. And yeah. my biggest parliamentary day was, I think, 23,000 steps. Wow. Because you just run, 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 running run, run all, day all the time. Yeah. All the time. It's crazy. But my point is people should get elected to the parliament because being in the parliament is actually really rewarding and really great. Okay. And we need more diversity. Yeah. We need a lot more diversity. It's, you know, I sit obviously on the opposition benches, you look across the chamber, the Liberals are so uniform. Mm -hmm. They are. And the sort of person that they send. Yeah. You know, uh, white man, 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, perfect. Represent Almost everyone. all yeah. of them. That's like four out of five Liberals and Nationals. Mm. Um, so we need, you know, it's, it's nothing against any of them. I'm sure they're all very passionate people. They represent their electorates, but... We just need more diversity in the in the house, and I think we're kind of getting the Senate's doing better. That's kind of the nature of the Senate. Yeah. <coughs> anyway, my point is, being excluded really sucks, and <laughs> that's what we're talking about. And I was going to say, I have to ask you a question. Sorry. No, I was just going to say the um, the mental health organisations, the big national mental health organisations, were really worried about the impact of the exclusionary nature of the postal survey. It wasn't just the kind of vilifying speech, the hate speech. It was just the fact. Yeah. of the survey in and of itself. And I think that's what got lost in a lot of the, the argument that we had. I think so much got lost in that argument. Yeah. And, yeah, and I still, like, I'm still harping on about it. Like, I think every episode in the podcast I still bang on about it and everyone I talk to, I'm like, oi, what do you think about this? Yeah, it, it, it still makes me feel so dirty and angry, I guess, yeah. like, that we've had to do this and it's not just so simple as, hey, guys, you need some rights. Like, let's give them to you. Um, what do you think the future this year, like 18 months, next 18 months for LGBTQ, what are we looking at? Because obviously we're not sticking our feet up now that we've got marriage equality. No, no, God, no, God, no. There's still lots to do. Yeah. Um, well, 
I think there'll be an election. Well, I know there'll be an election in the next 12 months, but I think it might be sooner. Who knows? Yeah. Could be, could be in September. Could be in February. Could be in May. Who knows when it'll be, but it'll be soon. Excuse me while I cross everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to be running hard, uh, obviously, at the election. Obviously, you'd expect yeah. that. If we win, um, so I'm, my kind of position at the moment is I'm trying to consult with people, get a view from people about what they'd like us to do. Uh, if we win, I've had some really great conversations with a range of different stakeholders. Um, I've been talking to the AIDS councils. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a massive AIDS, HIV AIDS policy package that the um, Shadow Minister for Health has announced, okay. uh, tens of millions of dollars, yep. including funding the AIDS organisations for advocacy, which is important. Um, one of the problems with this government is that they've taken away the rights uh, for organisations to use public funding for advocacy. Mm. So the, their argument is put all the money into service provision. My view is if you're a frontline service provider, you're best placed to say what the community needs. Yeah. You know, you actually want LGBTI-led organisations talking to government, not, you know, not just the department forming their own view in kind of a vacuum. Yeah, it's kind of that very public service look at things, isn't it? Like, well, sitting here behind the desk... Um, I actually think that we don't uh, have a problem with AIDS anymore. You know, like, it's like, sorry, what? <laughs> but look, and we have got great public servants, yeah. but there is no substitute for community-led organisations. Yes, yeah, exactly. I agree. And I think one of the problems that we've had in this country generally has been the mainstreaming of government-funded services. Yeah. And, you know, I love the mainstream services, you know, Lifeline, all the church-funded services, all great. But... If you are a highly vulnerable person, you're going to want to talk to someone who looks like you and sounds mm. like you. Yeah. And that's true whether you're a trans person who's homeless, whether you're a Muslim woman who's got a domestic violence, um, who, who's in a domestic violence relationship, whether you're an Aboriginal man who needs legal assistance. You're going to want to talk to someone from your community, yeah. not someone from the, one of the big mainstream no. organisations yeah. necessarily. And so, you know, I think... What I'd like to see more of is funding going to community-led organisations rather than the big mainstream organisations that then subcontract to community-led organisations because then you don't, just, you don't just get the benefit of having, making sure the services are getting the right funding. You also get the benefit of then hearing back. You get a feedback loop yeah. from services. You know? And I think back to I had this um, roundtable once and, you know, we had some LGBTIQ-led organisations and we had some mainstream services and one of the women from um, one of the mainstream services, who I will not name, said, I just don't get the pronoun thing. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You, you don't have to get it. <laughs> no, that's just right. Do it. Don't worry about it. Just, just be respectful. Yeah. Just, it's cool. Just, just keep going. Do it. Yeah. Just doing your job. It's yeah. Um, it's funny, isn't it? People get caught up in that, I think. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. Like, yeah. And, and then the longer it gets... Like, I think the people, like... I think the French have a gender-neutral pronoun they've been using forever, don't they? Uh, like, on, on? I don't know. I feel like we should... We probably should just get over it. Right? I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're right, Terry. I really do. <laughs> you seem to make a lot of sense. Thanks! Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, in terms of what's next. So I think um, supporting advocacy director governing yeah. is really important. Uh, I've been chatting to the... Um, the kind of intersex community and community of people with different sex characteristics, different chromosome characteristics, and they have some very specific issues. Mm. And I've, I think, you know, um, they've not really had the profile in our discussions. Yeah. We had our first, um, there's a great bipartisan LGBTIQ group in Parliament that Graham Parrott is the Labor head of. Okay. And I think Dean Smith is the Liberal head of. And they had their first intersex-specific event at the end of last year. It was really fantastic. First opportunity for intersex groups really to come and talk to parliamentarians only and exclusively about intersex issues. Yeah. Um, I'd really like to, you know, they, they've done obviously a lot of advocacy work and they've, they're really increasing their profile and um, I'd really like to talk more to them. There's some really specific issues in respect of reproductive rights for intersex um, people with, with varying sex characteristics so it'd be good to see what we can do from a federal mm. perspective about that um i mentioned trans homelessness before yep. it's something i'm worried about um the only re- i think the only very good model of dealing with trans homelessness at the moment is the new south wales organization they're not really replicated anywhere else from what i can gather okay. 
What's uh, that? That's the Gender Centre. Okay. So they do really good work. New South Wales is a particularly bad place for homelessness services because the Liberal government decided to mainstream them all. So all of the, like the women's shelters and the, um, the varying, um, you know, community-specific um, housing became quite problematic, right? Because yeah. if you mainstream everything and you just put it, everyone in together, mm. then obviously that's not great if you're a trans woman or it's not great if you're fleeing domestic violence and you're terrified of being in a... Um, why is it the worst? Not a women specific. Why is it the worst sitting here, going that? But they they can't see that when they make those. Oh look, it was you know what they were trying to do is they were trying to, they were taking a real value for money lens for public funding, which is fine. I'm very interested in value for money for public funding. That shouldn't be at the expense of the right services for the right people. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and they had this kind of ideological commitment to contestability. At some point, people just need to stand up and say, there is a difference between publicly funded services and private enterprise. Yes. You just can't run government like it's a business. It's not a business. Are you standing up now and saying that? Oh, I say it all the time. <laughs> I make very annoying speeches about neoliberalism. People go, oh, she's talking about neoliberalism. Oh, Terry. Oh, my God. When are you going to change your top? <laughs> <laughs> Look at her earrings. Oh, God, no one wears them. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I would never go into politics. Also, I think I have a it's lot of skeletons in my closet. That's what people think. Um, everyone says that to me and I'm always like, how many yeah. humans do you think don't, one, and two, if we only had extremely well-behaved people in the parliament, is that really representative? No, absolutely not. But sometimes I don't think I'm ready to get in front of my secrets yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's between you and your yep. psyche. That's right, yeah. So I'm like, yep, I've done a couple of things. Like, not anything illegal. Like, just, yeah, so... <laughs> Not, not, not like a criminal past, but... Yeah. I'm not asking you to admit me. <laughs> no, no. God, is it hot, is it? <laughs> but I um, think people do worry about that a bit too much. Oh, I worry about it. I'd love to, like, be quite, I mean, quite outspoken, I guess, like, and down with this. But, yeah, then I'd worry that Jane Bloggs is coming out of the background going, Actually, yeah. Actually, this person is a terrible human. Yeah, um, never called back. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't want to kind of want those kind of people creeping around. So yeah, but um, look, I think people saw the very bad time that Julia Gillard had and the ridiculous, sexist crap that she had to put up that with. That was pretty crazy. Do you know when she got in, every lesbian had a story about how they knew someone who'd been with her. And I'm like, is it, why yeah. is this happening? But she's saying she's not. But I think obviously what happened to her was revolting, right? Yeah, and absolutely And I want to throw up when I think about it. But if you're not the prime minister, like, you know, if you're not one of the top kind yeah. of three or four people up the front. No one really knows who you are. Yeah. So, like, people pulling out your secrets no here. No one could be bothered. Yeah. People don't care. Yeah. They don't, like, they don't care. I'm yeah. not the Prime Minister. Right? Yeah, exactly. They, and so I think, you know, people sometimes let their fear of people judging them mm. prevent them from going into public life. And I think sometimes that's, that fear is, I mean, obviously it's prudent to be concerned about how things would impact on you, but also don't let that fear stop you from full participation in the democratic process. Mm. And if that's standing up and running, if it's, you know, whatever, if it's yeah. running for council, if it's running for state, if it's running for federal, if it's not running for anything but leading a campaign, you know, there's a big push internationally to get more women into political campaigning roles because that has been such a masculine kind of pastime. Mm. It's mostly yeah, it volunteer. Has. Yeah. But to you know, to actually own some public space and say it is legitimate for me to be speaking is really important and mm -hmm. people shouldn't let their fear get yeah. in the way of that. I'm a member of the Labor Party. Are so. you? Mm. The Labor Party. Mm. I've been in the Labor Party since 1998. Really? Yeah. I think I just time. finished high school then. It's, yeah, it's... Um, is that... How, you're not much older than me, are you? I was born in 1977. No, three years older than me. Yeah, you're my sister's age. Mm. So you're I, nearly yeah. my sister's age. My other sister's age. I am. Um, I think being in the Labor Party is amazing. Mm. I've always loved being in the Labor Party. It's not always easy. Yeah. But to 
you know, be part of the policy processes, be on the rules committee, run for parliament, be part of a campaign team. Mm. I mean, these things are things that actually have an impact on what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a responsibility, right? Like it's yeah. not all beer and skittles. No, I think that you have a really hard job. Oh, but any anyone, anyone yeah. who campaigns, anyone who turns up to events, you're nailing your colours to the mast. Yeah. You know, the minute you put up someone's face in your front yard, you're saying, these are my politics. Yeah. And um, that's that's taking a lot more responsibility than someone says, I don't care about politics and I hate all politicians because mm. that person is just opting out. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I really hate when women do that, especially women, because I think, you know, we fought so long. It's like, actually, no, you, you, you've actually got a say now. Like, you can say, and I want Terry Butler in. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. So I'm just using you as an example. No, no, it's fine. But if people yeah. hate all politicians, well, you know, just run. Yeah, <laughs> if exactly. Want, if you think you can do better, like, yeah, just I, run. I decided to start a podcast so I could yeah. spew my views forth on iTunes. Get a platform. Yeah. Head up the PNC and talk about school funding. Yeah. You know, join an, join an RSL and demand more services for veterans. Yeah. Just get involved. Yeah. And not everyone wants to run for parliament, obviously. That's a bit of an extreme example. But I do think, you know, the people who kind of don't participate but complain about the people who are participating, I do wonder about the disconnect there mm. between saying my life is terrible, my working conditions are terrible, I work ridiculously long hours, I don't get enough time with my kids, Um and because of all those things, I'm not going to participate in politics. Like the, all those things are reasons to participate mm. in politics. Yeah, those are reasons to join a union, to join the Labor Party, to, as I say, get involved in the PNC or the Bowls Club or the RSL or the kind of public life of this community. Yeah, so that you can actually try to get things to change. Because it, well, it makes a lot of sense. Like, when, did no, you watch I, The Handmaid's Tale? Oh I read it at uni, and it traumatized yeah, me. Yeah, I felt really traumatized about it. Yeah, and I, I thought, you know what? I'm actually just going to sit this one out and not continue to traumatise myself. I didn't think I would watch it. So I, it took me about probably a year after it had come out because it's just finished the second season. I think mm. I started watching it around the time the second season started because I wasn't going to watch it. I wasn't going to watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I read it at uni as well. And then I thought, no, I'm going to watch it. Oh, my God. Don't watch it. Sarah, who I it's did a so podcast good, with. Don't watch it. Yeah, no, she she keeps telling me about it and I'm like, you need to shut up. Like, this is the reason I'm not watching it because yeah, I feel It's re traumatizing. So... Do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? No. Have you seen the movie Carol? <laughs> I haven't seen anything <laughs> for so long. I have been watching Queer Eye. Um, I think yeah. you've been watching it. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I think I did it one weekend. Like, just you probably don't have that time. Sobbing. I know. What, what, what was no, I'll watch it on the plane because you can download it on Netflix. Oh, great. Yeah, so I've been watching it on the plane. You should get Stan. Do you have Stan? No. Stan is great. You should get Stan and watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't watch a lot of things. I think you like RuPaul's Drag Race. I've watched, I've watched I think about Tail and Queer Eye and that's pretty much it. Well, if I think about that photo of you at Mardi Gras, I think Terry Bell is going to like <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. That's what I think. I'm sure I would love it. I'm sure you would. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's so funny. I went to this... Um, I went to this queer expo in Melbourne last year and um, I was just giving a speech and saying some nice things. And I was backstage with these drag queens and they're like, are we the first drag queens you've ever seen? And I was like, I think you might be the first in Victoria. <laughs> so, what? I must have watched something straight. <laughs> I can imagine you would have been a room full of drag queens. <laughs> Everyone thinking like, oh, we're going to educate her. Like, and I was like, yeah. oh god, I can, I can see her. I look like a very straight woman. These, these amazing straight drag white lady are going like, to just take pity on me. Yeah, just be like, oh, poor Terry Butler. Like, Ever seen a drag queen? <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, I think that's it. That's all okay. I want to talk to you about. Unless you want to go into some gossip. <laughs> I don't have any gossip. <laughs> Neither do I actually. I have no gossip. I've gossiped about people you probably don't know, so mm. it won't help. Yeah, that won't help. Yeah, so I'm going to stop. Hey, Sarah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd just like to let everyone know that I did save your ears tonight. 
because as we were going to begin recording, Sally got the guitar out. I did. I had my guitar out. I was going to sing a song about Peter Dutton. Um, um, but she is no Melissa Etheridge. So. Uh, would you believe that I'm better? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Better bring me some water. <laughs> this, uh, this microphone actually makes me feel like I'm a singer in a band. Um, the way it's set up, I could be doing a recording in a recording studio right now. I have a pretty good set of lungs. Pity about your tone and pitch. Um, <laughs> um, next week, guys, uh, is the last episode of season two. Um, we're going to smash out three seasons this year, um, and that's really exciting to me um, because it's getting how exciting. It's, really exciting. It's like so exciting, Sarah. So it will be the end of season two next week, and we have a really special guest next week that yes. I'm really, really excited um, about. Um, I'm going to tell you it's a girl. <laughs> um, so you can just keep guessing on that. Um, I think anyone who read Twitter would probably oh my God, have some idea. Fingers crossed it's Shirley Bishop. Fingers <laughs> crossed it's Shirley Bishop. Ah. <laughs> oh. Wouldn't that? I don't be, know. She's got some spare time now, so that be maybe a we dream. could dream. Uh, what's the LGBT connection, though? I don't know. God, your bloody gay icons was basically a hit-up list. <laughs> oh, bringing logic into this. Maybe I'll try and get Jabish on. She try to get beat up. No. <laughs> I will not. I will never do that. That or will our never new happen. Prime Minister. No. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Really so, great inclusion there. So next time I'll have the guitar, I'll sing your song. Oh um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it's been such a great – I can't believe we've actually smashed out two seasons nearly so far. Gone so quickly. No, oh, it's been a thriller minute. Yeah, it's been a lot of work on my behalf. But um, Yeah, I just come in once a week, say <laughs> some things and go home. <laughs> but then I do have to listen to your interviews. Even though every time before Sally does an interview, she's like, give me some questions, give me some questions. I don't think she's ever asked one. I ask you to give me some questions because I think, what might you want to know? And then I look at your list and I think, no, I don't want to know that. So, no, I do. I, I include them in. I Oh, rarely. All right, let's have this I'm fight sorry, off. it's let's too have this fight off for air. you. <laughs> Creative differences off air. Um, so next week will be my last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and season three will begin with just me. So and maybe oh some special guests. Yeah. Oh my god. That would be a lot of songs and I'd get the guitar out. Remember that song? I don't think you remember that song I wrote. Christ in the buttermilk shoe god shoe. So it's just one that we made up. Anyway. Um Yeah, great memories. Um <laughs> See you next week, guys. See ya.